Well, welcome everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today, it's my pleasure to have as our guest, Dahlia Barsoom. Dahlia, how are you doing today? I'm great, Dave. How are you? I am fantastic. If you don't know Dahlia, you need to know Dahlia because she is a money lady. And when it comes to real estate investing, we all need the money for our deals. And she can help us with that. Dahlia is also a very, very experienced real estate entrepreneur in her own right. She, she doesn't just get people mortgages, she invests in real estate herself. She has a portfolio of properties. And she's been doing this, believe it or not, for over 20 years. She owns her own mortgage company. And uh, she's written a best-selling book all about how us Canadians can, what's the title of your book again, Dahlia? Canadian Real Estate Investor Financing. Getting all the money all. you want. That's right. The title <laughs> says it all. So, yeah. Dahlia, really looking forward to our conversation here today. So, again, thanks for Same being here. And Thank And let's, let's jump into the questions. How did you first get inspired to actually start investing in real estate? Which came first? Was it, did you come on as an investor or did you come on first as a mortgage broker? I actually started as an investor before becoming a mortgage broker and it simply happened because we weren't doing well in the market. At the time, I was working for the banks in the wealth management division and our stock portfolio took a hit, unfortunately, and we felt we had no control. And that's how we started exploring real estate. So that's when I made my first move. And in the process, I you know, had challenges with financing and learned you know, the hard way, basically and then became a mortgage broker. Yeah, well that is so interesting. So you worked for the big banks. I bash the big banks all the time because you know, <laughs> I, I, the, the stuff they offer is just crap basically for, for most people. I was almost, almost became a financial planner myself way back in the day. I took the course and the whole bit. Yeah, same looked here. Mutual, looked at the mutual funds and said, I wouldn't buy one of these things. So why the heck would I sell this stuff to anybody else? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I can relate to where you're coming from and the lack of control as well. So, okay, good. So when it comes to real estate investing, what strategy do you personally focus on primarily? Well, I'm primarily a buy and hold investor and I invest currently mainly in Barrie and in Vaughn. My strategy has been always buy and hold, rent for cash flow. I'm starting to get a little bit more creative with adding secondary suites to my properties just because the prices have gone up in, in the markets that I invest in and it doesn't make sense to just buy a single family house. So, yeah. you know, buy, renovate, refinance, secondary suites. And I also supplement my portfolio with private mortgages as well, just being a mortgage broker. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So very, very interesting. And I think talking with you is very valuable because you've got such a, a range of experience, not just investing yourself, but helping all of your clients get the money they need for their investment property. So what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making over and over again when it comes to getting financing for their investment portfolio? The common mistake really is financing properties in a transactional way, not planning ahead how things will look like from a financing standpoint. Often we get a ROI sheet with, you run, we run our calculations, we assume certain mortgage rates, we assume certain down payments to determine whether the property is attractive or not. The reality is financing is 
individual based and it's gonna it's really driven by the individual financial situations and the property plays a big role so before someone crunches numbers accurately they need to understand how their financing is gonna look not just for the first property but the second the third so I often you know see investors just come to a broker when they have a deal at hand but really the most powerful way to do it is to sit down early on talk about your goals and plan how plan your financing roadmap per se. So the danger if people don't do that is what? The danger is assumptions and assumptions in this in this business result in sometimes expensive mistakes. So again, validating your assumptions by planning things ahead, by knowing exactly how financing is going to fall in place, where the money is going to come from, what the numbers look like is key to even determining whether or not a property would yield the returns that you want it to yield. So I've, I've heard a lot of people kind of, the challenge with them not doing what you're saying is, you know, they find their first property, they get mortgage from mortgage broker A, somebody they know, then they find their next property and, you know, maybe they get a mortgage from that purpose. Maybe they get a mortgage from somebody else. Yes. Maybe it's from a different bank, but sooner or later and quite often sooner, they hit the wall and they can't qualify for any more financing because they didn't set things up right in the first place. Is that? Absol yes, absolutely. And yeah. that's also part of the challenge because financing a primary residence is pretty straightforward. It's, you can go straight to the bank and get a mortgage. There is no complexity to it, but once you start to add rentals to the mix, the approval process is very, very different. As consumers, we really don't know anything beyond the rates that we see. We don't know what's underlying that iceberg in terms of lending guidelines. So if we go and just shop the lenders, it's really a random process from a consumer standpoint. And if you shop it randomly, that's how you tap out, you burn out your burning capacity pretty quickly versus going to a broker who really specializes in income property financing and knows how to strategically place these deals to keep your borrowing power at its max. And that's how you basically stretch your portfolio as far as you could and avoid hit it, hitting what we call the financing wall. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's, it just seems like you, the, the government's making it more and more difficult as we go along and a lot easier and a lot faster to hit that wall. Yes, it's, it's always interesting. They keep us on our toes. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's one way to, that's a nice way to say it. That's for sure. Yes, that's a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> so Dahlia, you've, you've got experience as an investor yourself. You've got experience, a lot of experience as a mortgage professional, a finance professional. Let's look at the, the real estate investing side of things first. What do you think is your unfair advantage as a real estate investor? Unfair advantage? Yeah, what do you, what do you think that, you know, every... Robert Kiyosaki talks about each one of us has what he calls an unfair advantage. Doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, for me, it's my ravishing good looks, my wit, my humor, and my modesty. You know, for other people, it's a, it's a little bit different. So what do you think when it comes to doing your own deals is your unfair advantage? Well, I, I, by now, I would like to believe that I have a really great grasp on the numbers and financing guidelines for rental properties and ability to really structure deals in many times in a creative way to solve problems that investors can't really solve on the surface. So that has helped me significantly, you know, make very quick decisions when it comes to investing. And it gave me that agility to, to run, I would say, as fast as I could at this point. So I am 
blessed and in a fortunate position that way, but I do share everything that I know with my audience and with my clients. So I wouldn't call it an unfair advantage. Yeah. Well, I bet it, but a lot of people, you know, don't have that. Well, most people don't have the kind of background that you have. What would you suggest to folks that want to get better at analyzing the numbers, crunching the numbers on a deal, being able to do at least a little bit of, of what you're able to do to really see if a deal's a good one or not? Well, what I find helps everyone, not, not just clients, is surrounding yourself with people who have been in the same position, who have the experience to actually bring value to the table. So when I, start, when I started investing, it, it helped me tremendously to have the right coach by my side, the right realtor by my side, who knew the local market, who knew how to, you know, what, what's going to rent for what, what the vacancy rates are, what is a good tenant, what's a bad tenant. So surrounding yourself with the right advisors who know their stuff and have most importantly hold properties and have been there is going to speed up that process significantly in my view and help clients analyze the numbers more accurately and also avoid mistakes. So that's how I've done it and I believe it still works. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. It's all about your power team, right? Exactly. Like you said, who you surround yourself with and making sure that the people on your team actually do have some properties in their portfolio. Yes. Because um, it always blows my mind how many realtors and how many mortgage brokers there are who don't even own their own home. <laughs> yeah, you know, and on that point, Dave, I find that clients shy away from asking, actually. Clients sometimes take someone's word for granted and... I would say ask, ask your advisor to show you some of the properties they personally own, okay, so you could see what they actually, so I'm not saying, you know, disclose their entire portfolio, but let them show you examples. Don't be shy about it, yeah. because one thing I remember very early on in my career is someone told me, who are you getting your advice from? When you go to a bank and listen to a financial planner who's telling you to invest in this portfolio or this mutual fund, ask the financial planner, are you personally investing? Did you actually make great returns using that product or are you just selling it for commissions? Yeah. So You already know the answer to that, Dahlia. You worked <laughs> in that field for a long time. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm not. You know, there are really some great advisors out there that invest in where they they you know, what they pitch, but yeah. it's a question that I find a lot of clients shy, shy from. Well, we're, too, we're polite Canadians. We're too polite to ask. Very, them. very polite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But there is nothing wrong with that question. No, I'm definitely not. Dali, I want to go completely off track of the questions I sent you. I hope that's okay. Uh -oh. because, well, let's What happened to all of the preparation? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, that's kind of how we roll here. But okay. I'm curious, because... Because you've written the book, because you work in this all day long, because you work with clients day in, day out, what's some of your experience or what are some of your tips about your clients working with joint venture partners, bringing money partners or investors on board with their deals? Because again, that's, that's kind of my whole, my whole spiel is, is how to find investors, how to attract investors, raise capital so yes. we can grow our portfolios a lot faster because sooner or later, even if we do everything right, we're we'll going to tap out cash and credit to do our own stuff. So absolutely, share a little bit, if you would, about your perspective on attracting money partners, raising capital, especially when it comes to staying out of trouble with the Securities Commission, because you, you know what can happen if, if we cross that line. 
Yeah, so a couple of points on, on that front. Definitely everyone is going to eventually run out of their own capital to invest and raising capital becomes a very important topic. So from a financing standpoint, what I typically advise clients of, if you have a joint venture partner that is coming to the table to invest, it's really important, first of all, to know what they're capable of from a financing standpoint before you go shop for a deal. So they go through the same process that we take clients through in terms of planning the financing roadmap for that JV partner. So that's number one. Number two, you know, sometimes clients rush into forming a corporation, put everybody on the corporation, and you get, you know, a group of three or a group of four investing together, which really, really complicates financing from us from a residential standpoint. Commercial is not a problem, but residential becomes complicated. Before clients rush into, you know, these types of strategies, again, I would suggest you talk to, the, to, to a mortgage advisor and say, okay, who are the best people to really go on this deal from a financing standpoint? How can we make our deals going forward simple and most attractive to the lenders? So putting everybody on a deal because they're a JV partner doesn't really make sense all of the time. Sometimes it complicates things significantly. So these are really the two key things. When it comes to raising money, I am not in a, in, a, in a position to comment on the Ontario Security Commission's rules. I can comment on the fiscal rules, which are mortgage-related. So we don't raise money for clients. And as far as I know, coming from a wealth management background, clients can't just go to a room and pitch an investment mm -hmm. to a bunch of partners because that does cross the line. But if it's a group of friends or family or very close connections investing together, that's, to my understanding, looked at differently. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. So yeah. I love I loved, loved your point there. Thank you very much, Dahlia. So how would you what would you suggest is the best way to bring a, a new investor partner on board? Let's say let's say we were working with you as yes. our finance specialist and I brought on a new investor. We got want to get them quote unquote pre-qualified yep. for the deal, first of all. So <laughs> My experience has been it's it's like a financial proctology exam these days, getting qualified or pre-qualified for financing. Any suggestions on how to make that as, well, least Ooh. painful as possible for our investor partners? So they don't get scared yeah. off and say, screw it, it's, it's, it's too much. Yes. First of all, getting organized in this business is very important. So we do have lists, set lists of what we need from a client upfront. And I tell clients, as much as we all want to avoid these papers and we want things to, you know, be done on a handshake like the good old days, the reality of this new environment we're in is that we have to be, we have to follow the process to a certain extent. But as a mortgage broker, we try to make it simple. So we have a preset list. We ask for a lot of things up front because sooner or later, as an investor, you're going you're gonna to have to deal with that list. So we can't hide from that list. So we do it up front. That's number one. Number two the type of discussion that we need to have is not about the rate and the mortgage amount. What we need to strategize is one, where is the money going to come from? Two, who are the partners who are going to go on the deal? Three, do we form corporations or we keep it personal? Four, how are we going to structure the deal? Five, what is the qualification, not just for the next deal, but the next set of deals? Then we get into the mortgage terms in terms of amortization rate and, and amount. And that's then when clients have a clear understanding and they go shop with confidence. So that's the conversation that takes place in the pre-qualification discussion, basically. 
So I would suggest for, for us as the active partner that's bringing on an, a, an investor into a deal, probably be a good idea when you're having that conversation that he said, yeah, I'm interested. Okay, well, I'm going to connect you with my finance specialist, in this case, Dahlia. Yeah. And we could probably have that checklist already. And here's what she's going to ask you for. So the more exactly. of this stuff that you can have ready, the, the more productive the conversation is going to be. The other thing I tell my prospective investors is, hey, you know what? A lot of these questions are very, very invasive financially. The banks want to see everything, but that's completely between you and Dahlia. That has nothing to do with me. There's not. Absolutely. Key yeah. point. Key point. Yeah. Confidentiality. And yeah. I'm, I'm happy you bring that point to the table, Dave, because we always tell JV partners, listen, as much as Dave introduced you or that, you know, Jane introduced you, this discussion is strictly confidential. You're not going to know anything about their finances and they're not going to know anything about your finances. However, as your advisor, we're going to plan things in a holistic way to make sure that you guys are, you know, working synergy. well together. Yeah. Exactly. There is yeah. a synergy and that you are running at the same pace as partners from a financing standpoint, because the worst thing that could happen is you have a great deal to present to your partner and your partner says, oh, you know what? I am pre-qualified. Then comes the time to actually get financing and you have complications and you have only five business days to waive and there isn't much time to actually rejuggle things. So that's, like that's, what, that's a situation that we want to avoid. <laughs> it sounds like you've had a little experience with that, Dahlia. Yeah, Wait, yeah. that's a situation we don't want to be in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dahlia, we are running out of time. It's a very short interview, so that means we get to have you on board again sometime in the future because your wealth of knowledge. If people want to find out more about you and what you do, how can they find out? How can they get a copy of your book? Because that sounds like it would be a good one to have as well. Yeah, um, our website is uh, www.streetwisemortgages.com. There is a contact form. They can fill it in and one myself or one of my advisors will get in touch. My book is available on Amazon. So it's, it's, we're, we're very, very easy to find. If they Google the name or Google Streetwise Mortgages, we're very easy to find and get hold of. Yeah, yeah get connect with basically. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. And one more question just before we wrap up. You're based in Toronto, is that correct? We are based in Woodbridge. Uh -huh. However, we do business all over Ontario. I do business as far as North Bay, Thunder Bay, Timmins. I deal with investors all over Ontario. All over Ontario. And, what, yeah. about, what about nationwide? Are you able to do mortgages outside of Ontario? Or just we, we, we do, but very selectively. Right now, our primary presence, presence is in Ontario. But if somebody reaches out, they're looking for somebody good, you probably have some contacts. with. We them. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Awesome, Dahlia. Thank you very much. It's been a fantastic interview. Dave, thank you very, very much for the opportunity. Had a great time. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Until next time, take care and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries, about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.